Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryant, Iowa. Sheldon Willis, lot of gaming commission. Francois Pinot, captain of the Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. I do like their man. Welcome everybody to another episode of Sine Waves, the podcast that follows the peaks and du- peaks and valleys of Matt Damon's career and film in ge- film general. It's Hollywood in general. Hollywood in general. You can tell that I've been up since seven o'clock this yeah. morning. Um, <laughs> I'm your co-host Hannah with my other co-host Sean. Hello. Um, this is your first episode of Sine Waves you've listening to. I did not. Maybe we've got a very really, like strong Sean Connery. Fan base. <laughs> all this, the Sean Connery hey, fans are coming in. All the Buster Rhymes fans. Uh, Bu- Buster's good. I Buster's great. Miss, this, yeah. Um, you're hey Sean. Do you know what? What? You're the man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is of course our episode on the 2000 movie by Gus Van Sant, Finding Forrester. A film I thought was going to be awful, yeah, and it was just too. fine. Yeah, it was all right. It was grand. Yeah. I don't really have too many complaints about it. I don't even have, I, but I don't have any many positives either. Me neither. Yeah, it's a, just a film that exists. It's right there. Um, but yeah, if this is your first time listening to Sign Waves, what we do here is each week we watch a Matt Damon film in the chronological order for when they release, regardless of how small or how large mm-hmm. or how much many lawyer rings he's playing. <laughs> yeah, Matt has a, a very small role in this one. I was actually worried as I was watching. It I that thought I missed, missed him. Yeah. yeah, because he's only right at the very end. He's in the last about five minutes for our scene. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we, we get, get to there. It. But yeah. we were like Matthew. Yeah, come on, Matthew, come on. <laughs> he, he can't keep getting away with this. Um, I did. I think I said this on last week's recording. Um, where my cousin was like, "You guys are actually getting through this on such a fair clip." Mm. Um, he's like, "You've done a decade in like three months. You're actually probably going to be done with the podcast pretty soon." And I went, no, because no. this is when Matt starts doing this shit. Yeah. When he starts doing loads of like <laughs> one scene performances and because of the rules of the show, we have to watch the full movie. Yeah. Which um, is good because I feel like it gives us a break from just Matt Damon movies. But yeah. I, I was talking to Molly on Thursday, mm-hmm. our, our wonderful artist. Yeah. Um, and she was saying, oh, you guys must be coming up to We Bought a Zoo soon. No. And I got the spreadsheet up. I was like, nah, but we're not we're like buying 20, a zoo for a while. We're 20 weeks from our down payment on the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I think like We Bought a Zoo is quarter two of next year. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> My parents have landed in London. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. Um, They're back from the land of the rising sun. Hell yeah. Um, the rising sun. Ah. Wait a Holy shit. <laughs> Are you just getting that pun oh now? Oh my god, I can't believe I never noticed that. Because it's, because he hates the Japanese. Do you not know the po- the poster was like a red sun? With I like... didn't fucking look at the poster. Have you not looked at our Instagram? Follow us on Instagram I just, at Signwaves. I just liked it immediately without really looking. Oh my, I feel like a fucking idiot. And <laughs> <laughs> right, I didn't tweak that until like I just said it there as yeah. well, but I'm not having as like adverse a reaction as you are. Oh. Um, that of course goes back Christ. to our third episode. Uh, was that the Rise, third episode? That was the third episode. We released that 4th of July. G- the 4th of July? The 4th Damn. of July. What We've been doing this episode. podcast so long. Now, I know you're like, guys, get starting to talk about the 2000 film Forest, Finding Forrester starring... Um, Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Uh, it's just an X Men movie in disguise. Oh wait, it's not. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll there. get there. We have to talk about our own podcast for a few minutes first before we get into our little media discussion. We yeah. did at the start of each episode. Yeah, we've been doing <laughs> this is like episode eighteen. We 
Yeah, yeah just doing, the movie ATs. Yeah, doing, Jesus. He's done so many episodes with this podcast. I was, Sean and I were talking on uh, Thursday, um, saying like, oh, Joe, you know we should do for like the 25th episode, we should watch like Sex in the City or something. Yeah. Like Sex in the City movie. And I actually sat down and I was like, that is like... That's in like... A five weeks. weeks yeah because we have to do a bunch of we're doing a bunch of back-to-back recordings or like two recordings on a week just to give yeah. us because we've been doing like an eight-day turnaround and we're both getting too busy to mm. do that so we need to like especially coming up to like the winter season when we'll be busy yeah um, and we, we have to make some schedule changes as well yeah we're, we're busy yeah but i was like that's that's coming at too fast of a clip for like the 25th episode yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we know what we're doing for the 50th, though. Yeah, we've had a plan since day one. Hell yeah. Um, Something that's also coming at a very fast clip is... I, I don't know which section I want to start off with, because normally I always start off by asking how the X-Men are doing, but Sean, mm-hmm. Sean has something he needs to discuss very urgently. Uh, we'll get to talking about uh, fighting Forrester in like 25, 30 minutes, yeah. people. So if We've you got a lot to get through. If first. you want to skip ahead to that, go for it. Spoilers! <laughs> It's about basketball and writing and... Yeah. Yeah. And a hermit. <laughs> Shout out to the hermit. Oh, um, yeah. Sean, how was the good doctor finale? <gasps> oh, I didn't think this was what we were going to start I'm with. I'm just getting it out of the way. I was so sad at the end of the good doctor finale. Is the good doctor dead? No, the good doctor isn't dead. Is his kid dead? His kid is alive. Okay. But him and his mentor have had a big falling out. Oh, no. And they're not, they're not friends anymore. Is he no longer um, a surgeon? The mentor is no longer allowed to do surgery. Whoa, because of the brain? Because he has a hole in his brain. Why does he have a hole in his brain? he had a stroke. Oh. Um, so what happens when you have a stroke? I don't fucking know. Oh. According to the good doctor, it is. I thought you'd like, you just some of your brain matter like dies because of the blood. Oh yeah, and then there's a little... What? It doesn't like the, your brain matter like you sneeze it out. I presume it's just there. <laughs> it's just not doing Yeah, I, I don't know if it's actually, it's described as a hole. I don't know if it's just like there's some dead brain tissue there That's or whatever. Kind of fucked up. Thank yeah, actually. Uh, but the way that he the the reason that they have the falling out is the way that the good doctor calls him out on it mm. is because he starts noticing him making like small mistakes. Like the big thing is he is building it like a cot for the baby before yeah. the baby's born. The good um, doctor or the mentor? The mentor. Okay. Um, this season also the good doctor finally was like yeah no mentor you are actually my dad because you pretty much raised me which was cute at the beginning but then he's like no mentor dr glassman you forgot two screws in the cot you're not allowed to do surgery anymore but isn't, like, isn't like a running theme of the good doctor that he makes like crazy ass calls that he fucks up surgeries like all the time like, isn't that something he No, did? so the thing is, he makes crazy-ass calls that really are not f- based on anything kind it's... of tangible or, like, reasonable. Yeah. But because he's the main character, he's correct all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hate that. That's yeah, me too. It's terrible. It's really annoying. Yeah. That was such a great thing about Scrubs, is sometimes JD was Would wrong. Would fuck up, yeah. And, like, not wrong in, like, medical malpractice way, in, like, a, I'm human and I do a very hard job. Yeah. And, like, oh, the saddest episode of Scrubs. Sorry to stop interrupting Oh, the you. one with the fucking transplant? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. I, I wept the first time I saw that when I was a kid. What's the song? Oh, it's How to Save a Life. How to Save a Life, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he basically calls his mentor out in the middle of a surgery. That's uncalled for. Uh, like in front of all of their peers. Uh huh. Um, and basically ruins everybody's confidence in him. Oh my god. Uh, and so Dr. Glassman is just like, fuck this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You have ruined, like, the thing I am most passionate about in my life. I'm out. I'm done. Does he, like, cut him off or does he just stop doing surgery? He is forced to stop doing surgery. <gasps> like, the, the head of surgery is like, you, you can't do this anymore. You're not allowed. I think he stays on as like a consultant. Like yeah. he still does diagnosis and shit, but he doesn't do actual surgery. He also used to be like the best neurosurgeon in the world. That's isn't that some fucking dramatic irony? They wrote into their own fucking show. Yeah, they must be so proud of themselves. <laughs> yeah, but the 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 finale ends with the ghost doctor gets like little hats for him, his wife, the baby, and the mentor. And the mentor's one has grandpa written on it. Aww. And they ha- it looks like they're about to reconcile. And then the mentor has, like, a gift for him. And he, like, is outside the fucking... House? Sort, not the house, the, like... The, po- the room. The, the hospital room. Yeah, Whatever the fuck that's called. The, the surgery, like, place? No, like, the room that they're in after the surgery. Oh, the, like, post-op. Yeah, 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 yeah the post-op room. With the gift, and he's about to go in. Um, and then it cuts away, and just a random nurse brings the gift in and gives it to him. And the doc, the the vendor just goes home alone, and that's what we leave the fucking season off on. I, and Sean was crying into his pillow, kicking. I was and not. I wasn't crying, but it it got to me a little bit. I like Doctor Glassman a lot. Sean grabbed his like left or right tit and yeah. went. <laughs> Are we told um, about how I keep calling you out anytime you're drunk and you start laughing and gra- just holding your chest? You like, did it once. <laughs> anytime Sean is like gives a big deep belly laugh, he just grabs like his heart like yeah. he's having a heart attack, and I'm like, Sean, stop! I'm concerned. Someday I will be having a heart attack, and I'll and still be, be concerned. Shit. Um, um, something I'm also concerned about is what the fuck carries up to in Sex and yes, the City. Yes, what is carry up? To? Oh my god. Has she gotten back together with Biggs She's yet? having an affair with Biggs. Fuck's sake, Carrie. Yeah, she's having an affair with Biggs. The, the affair has just ended because Biggs' wife walks in on Biggs' apartment when Carrie is there or home alone because they basically have an affair for like a month. And Biggs like goes home from work or goes to work and she's there and the wife comes home early. And the wife chases her down a set of spider stairs and she slips and breaks her front tooth damn yeah but she keeps the affair from the girls because twist charlotte charlotte gets married to paul from david lynch's dune yeah (laughs) (laughs) she gets married to kyle mclaughlin they're actually not a terrible couple kyle mclaughlin's great yeah the problem is um like i know the the marriage doesn't last because i've seen yeah because there's like three more seasons of this show and they can't just have one of the girls be married for the rest yeah but i think that something that's what spoilers for very like midway through season three of sex in the city the way they've written in um the the issue that's going to cause them to get divorced like so firstly like she's quite bossy to him like she proposes oh, to like, him classic charlotte yeah she proposes honest. to him and he says okie dokie so she's freaking oh, out about nice. that but king, i think king yeah but i'm like yeah. i think that's kind of funny actually. yeah that's good because she he's like ordering a salad and she's like he kind of she figures out like the way to convince him to do things and she kind of offhandedly says it like, oh, we should get married someday. And he goes, okie dokie. And she's like, wait, <laughs> shit. 
but they don't they don't sleep together until they're gonna say like oh we'll wait till our wedding day to get married to like sleep mm. together and the girls kind of get into her head about it so she like goes to his hotel room or her apartment or something the night before their wedding and they like try to sleep together and he is like oh like I kind of have an issue with this like it's difficult for me to do it and I'm just like please does not be the way the show writes that this marriage is going to dissolve because he has a hard time getting it up but that's what the show is going to do they would do exactly that though yeah because remember no, there that's was what that they're one, going to yeah. do that's what they're going to there do was, there was that one plot line where Samantha found the perfect man except his dick was too small oh so James yeah yeah. but I'm just kind of like and he even says in the show he's like oh I, what I really like about you is like this is not the be all and end all and we still had this really good relationship that's not totally based on sex mm. and I'm like that actually is a very mature way to like confront a relationship for these especially for these fucking four women yes, uh, yes. true yeah. because they're all Miranda Miranda less so but Miranda loves a self-sabotage oh my fucking god mm. I don't know how's Steve doing I haven't got. I haven't watched any more Sex in the City since our last recording. It's only been I like five or six days. Yeah, I just haven't had a chance to. I've been busy. Mm. I usually watch it on a Saturday, but today is Saturday, so. Yeah, and Sean has um, Riverdale to be watching. I'm going to be finishing Riverdale this evening. I'm I will very add excited. that to the media list for next week. Yeah, yeah um, I've like four episodes left of this season, and then I'm halfway through Sex in the City, and then I really don't. My media consumption will probably go down. Um, because I will not be home alone all the time so mm. I can watch six episodes of Sex in the City you can still do that with Mama and Papa I don't think I can Ma- Ma- Papa judges my Sex in the City addiction <laughs> does Mama? Mama's like she's 24 let her be <laughs> <laughs> I think she's like I. my mom and I used to watch watched all of Gilmore Girls oh no. Nice. so I subscribe have I told you about my my Instagram TV show philosophy? no I, have a, I think everybody should have a show that they can put on at the same time, they can scroll through Instagram. Oh, yeah. That's the good doctor for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My dad does not... My dad thinks we're insane. Yeah. He's one of those, like, if you're watching TV, you have to put the phone in another room and give it your undivided attention. No. Get him Get him started on the good doctor and see how long that lasts. He would just simply turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> a stronger man than I. Yeah. This is, why he, this is why I used to... Before I did a podcast and was busy, like, four nights a week, I used to go for, like, a HBO box set a week. Yeah. Just because, like... My dad's like, no, we're going to watch something good. It's why I watch so much fucking Scandinavian crime drama. Because sure. it's like, if you guys have to read, you won't be on your phones. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of crimes, I made Sean, I've done a grievous crime on yeah. Sean. If any of you normally listen to the show, Sean used to do an ongoing bit where he would do something to prepare for each podcast that wasn't um, watching the movie. Yeah. I don't understand why you set this... Like, Honestly, you... I just wanted an excuse to read all of Kevin Smith's DC work. <laughs> I could have just done it anyway, yeah. but I thought it'd be funny to set it up as a, an ongoing thing. But now he's uh, back having a, like a full-time job, so we, yeah. he can't keep it up. So I've given Sean the punishment of he has to uh, do a... Girls Book Club. Girls Book Club. How is it for... Isn't Girls Awful? It is so painful to watch. Jesus Christ. So the problem... So Look. Girls is written by... Ooh, I'm going to cough. Um, Leah Dunham. Le- Lena Dunham. Yeah, you can't bring yourself to say her name even. <laughs> um, I hate that her name is Hannah in the show. Yeah. 
That is my person. She's, she's just like you. No, she's not. <laughs> That's actually the meanest thing you've ever said I'm to sorry. me. <laughs> she isn't. No, I'm not that annoying, I hope. Um, she is... Everyone else in the show is fine. She is just terrible. Adam Driver is awful as well. But like, you know Adam Driver is not like that in real life. You know? I hope not. Um, I don't know he's not like that in real life. I don't trust him like that. But Lena Dunham's character in this show is the most annoying character I've ever seen in fucking media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the opening of the show is her parents being like, okay... You're 24, you've been working as an unpaid intern for like two years now. In New York. Yeah. We've been paying for everything for you for the last like two years. It's time you get your shit together and go get a job. And she's like, no, no, I can't. But it's like, you basically find out she's like a failed writer, but not that she's like tried to write and she's gotten published. She Mm. just has had writer's block since she finished college. So she's been working in the industry. And in fairness, like having an unpaid writing, I think New York especially does do a lot more of those unpaid job kind of shit. Yeah. And it shows one is a 2010, 2011. Something like that. Something like that. So you're like, okay, yeah, it's still like three years after 08 or whatever. So like, I think it was hard to be a creative in. Mm. But like, she doesn't need to be such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she's just such a bitch. She's so whiny the whole time to everyone. And it's, so like girls is it's Leah Dunnan and like three of her friends I think yeah that's kind the of friends are fine the friend yeah they just the friends are grand and she has a terrible boyfriend who's Adam Dr- they're not even yeah. dating they just get they oh just my- fuck <laughs> the most awkward sex scene I've ever fucking I've, seen I've watched Jesus. three episodes of girls and I had to quit yeah like I couldn't I. I didn't, but I almost had to, like, pause after the sex scene and just be like, I need to take a minute. You, you are allowed to have a glass of wine with that show. I think you need it. But, like, this thing I don't understand. See, I wasn't when I watched it because my oh, stomach was fucked. Sean, I was on a drinking ban from his doctor. Yeah. yeah. It's a show that's so baffling because I thought it was, like, it's it's revered. Like, I feel like we were too young to watch it when it I've came out. only ever heard great things about it. Yeah. Maybe it gets better. Maybe it does. I can't. I can't see it. Maybe. Maybe it's parody, but I don't. Maybe we're supposed to hate her, and it'll it'll bring that into focus as the season goes on. See, I think so much of it is is that like Leah Dunham now has such a like nuclear bad reputation. True. Yeah. That I wonder how much of it is like we're like now we're watching it from a point of view of we just know Leah Dunham's like this. But yeah, when it first true. came out, it was like, oh, this is parody. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. I can't wait for next week's. So yeah, how was? Tell us about the first. It was just. It's just bad. Yeah. Uh, I Nothing don't wanna, much happens. Not much happens in it. It's mostly like Lena Dunham complaining about having to get a job. Quits her old job. She asks them to pay her first, and then leaves because they're not going to. Uh, goes and bangs Adam Driver. It's awful. I hate it. They have to like, um, sleep. They sleep on a couch. Yeah. Yeah. And his apartment is full of just like shit, like statues and stuff. Yeah, is he a sculptor um, in it? Or... I think so. I don't know. I don't remember. One of the girls is like cousin is in town from England. Oh yes. Yeah. I like the the one who's very particular about etiquette. I think she's funny. Yeah, she is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Heard... I didn't laugh in the episode. No. 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 It's only what half an hour. Yeah, it is only half hour episodes, which is. I'm very thankful for 
Um, like it's it's meant to be the millennial. If, if Sex and the City is like Gen Y. It's meant to be like Gen X millennial. Sure. Or whatever. I might have got the lettering the wrong way around. Yeah. Lexic. Um, can't wait to see what our generation Sex and the City is gonna be. I hope we don't have one. It's probably gonna be like fuck. It's just Love Island. No, it's Euphoria. Oh yeah, no, it is. Oh. I love Euphoria. It's terrible, but I love it. I never finished the first season. Did you not? No, I didn't. Too cringe? No, I just kind of lost interest. Shout out to Nate Jacobs. Shout out to Nate Jacobs. Jacob Elordi. I called him Nathan Elordi in <laughs> a preview we were talking about. What's that new movie he's in with Barry Keoghan? Uh, Saltburn. Saltburn, yeah. We were talking about that. And I was like, yeah, Nathan Elordi <laughs> from The Kissing Booth. Um, <laughs> it's like, that's not his name. He's in the new... He's playing Elvis now. He's in the new Sofia what? Coppola movie about Priscilla. Oh, shit. Uh, Priscilla Presley and Dad. he's like Elvis he's meant to be like an absolute bastard in it which is yeah. like perfect because like that's, Cause what, that's he, what Elvis was then, yeah. yeah Elvis was terrible to Priscilla yeah um, so amazing yeah yeah god we actually have so I'll much catch up on, I'll catch you up on Girls Book Club again next week we'll see how Lena's doing <laughs> it's fucking going from Girls Book Club to the pretty, all the pretty horses <laughs> <laughs> is that next week that's next week oh gee thank god I stopped doing the prep because I would not be able to read that book in a week yeah, uh, we're not going to have any clue what's going on in that um, no no we're that not that movie now that I have we've done the other things I have to ask Sean a very important question mm-hmm. how are the X-Men doing this week As I spin my mug around, that's an X-Men theme because yeah. I grabbed an anonymous mug. <laughs> I've been eating well. Sean's been right? satisfied. I've been we had four fucking comics out this oh week. Oh god. All of them bangers, right? The only X-Men one was Uncanny Spider-Man by Cy Spurrier, which I got two copies of because I went to Forbidden Planet and they had a fancy one. I don't uh, I do like that one, it's cool. Yeah, it's cute. Scotty Young, he does like um He basically makes his living off of doing these kind of like cute chibi covers of oh he's Marvel. like I know someone who does that she she drew I'll find her she's another like cover artist sure yeah uh, yeah uh, Nightcrawler is having an existential crisis uh, as he always is and how he's decided to deal with that is he actually wasn't there for the Hellfire Gala or any of the Fall of X shit <laughs> he's having this he, existential crisis yeah he was having it before that he oh. like he like left Krakoa before that and he's just been vibing in New York, hanging out with Spider-Man. He's borrowed one of Spider-Man's old costumes and he's just doing superhero shit. Great. Leah Dunham could never. No, she could never. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's by Cy Spurrier, one of my one of my guys. Nightcrawler's going to be fighting the Vulture. He's going to be fighting Silver Sable. He's going to be fighting Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's going to be fighting Silver, Silver Sable. Uh, he's going to be fighting the Rhino. This book is too powerful. It's... Sean had an odyssey trying to get yeah. it. Yeah. So my my local comic shop is Sub City. That's where I have all my like pre-order shit ready to go. Yeah. I was a fool and I didn't pre-order this because I was like, they're gonna get a load of this in. They always get a load of size Burger's shit in, except Coda for some reason. I had to go to Big Bang for that. Shout out um, Big Bang. It's shout my, out Big Bang. Big Bang's my local comic shop. Yeah. Do love um, Big Bang. Like it'll be fine. I'll just grab it off the shelf. I'll pick up. The other shit I have pre-ordered for this week, be good. I go in. But it's like... At like... I go in at like 2pm on Wednesday. The shop opens at like 10. Yeah. 
fully sold out. Because, like, yeah, it's it's Spider-Man. It's both an X-Men book and a Spider-Man it's, book. And we're, like, means... in, like, peak Spider-Man. We're, like, because, like... Oh, no, we're not in peak Spider-Man. I meant just oh. in terms of, like, the movies and yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we are about to be in peak Spider-Man. Why? Cause... Because a new series was just announced. <laughs> Sean's eyes are sparkling. I have had the best week in comics. Actually, no, before that... We found out what the next big thing for X-Men is. Yeah. The end of the Krakoan era with... Uh, Not slow. A two-part series titled The Fall of the House of X and The Rise of the Powers of X. Wait a second. Like, that's my homework I did. Yeah. yeah I just like the, I, the first series. I was like, Joe, would be funny if I actually do some of my X-Men homework this week and then I got sad so I didn't read. Damn. Yeah. That's fucked up. Still reading Killers <laughs> of the Moon Park. Other oh, comic yeah. stuff. So yeah, uh, yes. Spider-Man good. Yeah. Also announced was uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Oh. Drawn by Marco Cicchetto. Oh, I know The this. Daredevil guy. Oh. Yeah. I've been, I've been saying I want Mar- Marco Cicchetto on a Spider-Man book since Daredevil began. This is a dream team for me. I'm so excited. Sean's in a little dance. Yeah. He's not. He's sitting down. Well, now he's dancing. There's other oh, yeah. stuff here. Yeah. Oh, Saga. You said you wanted to talk about Saga. That's a bit bondage Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of Saga is bondage Tenement number four came out. Still is that a temporal pincer movement? Yeah. <laughs> I make still that joke every yeah. time. Still don't know what the fuck's going on in it, but uh, Andrea Sorrentino has drawn the fuck out of it. It's, it's great. Baller. It's very fun. Uh, saga number 66 came out what's saga about because saga is one of those comics as someone who doesn't read comics i know saga is a big deal so saga is like a science fantasy book yeah there are these two planets that are at war and like two soldiers from like one from either planet defect and have a child together and so they're like both on the run from both of their respective governments because this child is like it's basically uh, like oh, we're at war because we're trying to like kill the other planet, and this child like causes like is an existential crisis. Yeah, it's a pure nightmare for them. Saga is so good. It's so good. I can tell I'll really like it. You will. Yeah. I know. I'm just terrible. But, I have so much to read. Yeah, but the thing that Sa- Saga has kind of pissed me off a little bit. Oh really? With this, this most recent issue because the issue is great. It's yeah. fantastic. Cliffhanger. Saga is constantly doing cliffhangers. Yeah. Uh, the release model that they have is they release six issues, okay. take six months off. Because I was about to say, I feel like Saga's been going on for years. It had. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Because like, um, Saga was like the big comic when I tried to get into com- when, next when I was like 14, 15. Yeah. And it was kind of starting off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like surprised when you were like, I bought Saga. And I, the comics in front of me, it's only on issue 66. And yeah. I was like, oh, but like... So they have announced that Saga is going to be, I think it's 108 issues, oh um, because in 2018, they oh. went on a nearly four-year hiatus. Okay, wow. Uh, they went on a nearly four-year hiatus saying, once we're back, we're going to be releasing monthly from here on out. So they started back in 2022? Yeah, they started back in 2022, six issues drop, another six-month gap. Okay. Uh, is it just they like they just get so burnt out? Like, what's the creative team with it? Is it uh, Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan? So okay. It's only two people. Okay. Um, but take the six month gap, release five issues. Take another six months. Take three months, release one. Okay. And now we're in another six month hiatus. What's going on? Are they just like? I don't know. Are they just not well? Or... I don't know. I like. I can only assume that they had to scrap a lot of the work that they were doing during that four-year hiatus like yeah. they've changed their minds on something 
at this point I've just decided that like I, I'm not gonna buy it monthly anymore okay um, you're not gonna wait for the omnibuses yeah cause I have the first like big chunk I, yeah the first half of it I have in omnibus or singles yes yeah, in omnibus yeah then just that, that was how they announced that it was the first half was they released a big book when the hiatus hit like of all of it up to then yeah cause I thought it ended then no that's why I was like wait yeah. is that a sequel but no interesting yeah. I always I, that's one thing I really like about comics mm. is that you could have that ability to like scrap something and change it and you don't know why and same thing yeah. with like book books as well and you find it in like 15 years time you're like yeah this is why this happened and you're like oh yeah but yeah it was just the the promise of regular releases yeah to then go back to the six month like it's annoying and then to also have delays is yeah I'm not I'm not feeling it right now. Yeah. Um, especially when Rare Flavors has started to take over my uh, my saga slot in my monthly buys. Because Rare Flavors fucking raw. You're telling me about this on it's Monday. And I'm so maybe I'll good. go to Big Bang after this and you buy should. some com. No, Hannah, you have 69 nice books I, to read in your room currently. Stop. Hannah, it's a single issue. It'll take you like five minutes to get but through. But I can't start and getting is, another thing. It is beautiful. It is so good. It looks so good. It, oh. This team, I have their the last book these two guys worked on. If you want to borrow that as well, sure. But, no. <laughs> sure. Uh, Rare flavors has immediately shot to number one spot for my favorite comics this year. Sean does a yearly like little comic roundup. Yeah. In our server that we are on with other people, and I do love it every time because I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do one about books. And then uh, I got a new job, so I stopped reading as much as I do. Because yeah. I actually had to do work during the day instead of just reading. Yeah. Killers of the Firewood. We found all the cowboys. Whoa. All the cowboy FBI's are in. And I'm like, oh, I can see what Martin's going to be cooking with. So hopefully I'll have another update for you soon. Hell yeah. Um, well, I do feel bad being like a, a girl who reads on my commute. Because I'm always so EP anytime. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, do you have any other comic stuff to talk about? Or? Um, do I? I've dropped Daredevil and uh, Adjectiveless X-Men. Mm-hmm. How many comics do you get a week? Like five? See, it depends on the week, really. Yeah, um, some weeks you don't get any. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm getting Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red, Uncanny Spider-Man, Saga, Tenement, and Rare Flavors. So six. Okay. Yeah. That's like not... So six a month, yeah. Six a month, what, like? It's like less than 20 quid a month, right? Or about 20 quid a month? It's about 30 quid a month. A okay. Because they're about a fiver each. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great being an adult and having income? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I know everyone's like, oh, being finishing college is shit. Hot take. Not shit. Good, actually. Yeah, pretty, pretty great. Maybe it's different because, like, we both did STEM courses where it's like, oh, I know the whole, like, oh, if you do STEM, mm. you have to work a lot. That's kind of a reductive argument. It's fucking true. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I'm also dropping Detective Comics because... Oh. Like, I, I'm sure it's still good. It's just... I do not understand how they thought this was going to be a good idea. Okay. Because they did a big relaunch. Didn't they do uh, a big a relaunch, ago. like, a decade ago? They did a big relaunch, like, at the beginning of this year. Oh, my God. And it was going really well. Like, yeah. a bunch of stuff was selling really well. A lot of the books were really good. And then they just decide to have two months where all of the books change creative teams oh. and tell just a story entirely unrelated to anything else that was happening. What the fuck? Yeah. So <laughs> I've been I've been looking in on like Big Bang's Twitter because they talk about this kind of thing all the time. Uh, apparently their sales for DC books have just fucking 
tanked. Yeah. Because they had a, a really good jumping on point mm-hmm. and then immediately a jumping off point. Yeah. Big Bang is a comic book shop in like Dundrum. If yeah. you're in, want to get into comics, I'd recommend them. They're very nice people, yeah, they're but they're very funny there. on Twitter because they're very, yeah. they're very inside baseball about how the comic industry works. Yeah. So they do these like little explainer threads, and I, I, I like learning about why industries are stupid. So I, I enjoy. Oh, them the comics industry is so fucked. What's the best? Actually, no. I will ask you this question, and you can come back to me next week, so you have some time to prep. Yeah. What's the best publisher in comics? Not and like um, macro publisher, not minor publisher. Because I know there's loads of like minor ones, but someone who does like monthly issues, which is the best. Because like I know that Mark- depends on what you mean by best. Which is the like, I don't know. Like, yeah. highest quality books. Best treatment of staff. If you were like had to had to pick a team, who would? If I had to pick a team. Yeah. Damn. Um, you can come back to me on this. Yeah. Probably Boom. Boom is pretty good. Nice. Speaking of picking a team, we've both been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I'm still very early on in it. Yeah, I was me saying, too. I was saying this to Sean. I have a very stupid complaint about yes, Baldur's Gate. Yes, I can't wait to hear what this is. So I'm playing a ranger half-elf. Mm-hmm. You're playing a... Paladin half-elf. Yeah. But a lot of elves. That's not my complaint. So I rescued... So Baldur's Gate's a game. It's based on D&D. Um, very typical, like, RPG game where you have, like, a group of people and you run around with. Did you rescue, rescue the Shadowheart? Yes, I did. The Shadowheart and the... What's their name... The like orc woman that's like your main kind of companion to start off with. Oh, uh, Lazelle. Them bickering pisses me off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lazelle will be gone shortly. Okay. Wait, do you still have Lazelle with you? Yeah. Damn. I kept Lazelle. both of them. Lazelle just fucked off for me. She's no. just gone. She's there. They're, they're both bickering the entire time, and I'm like. You can just tell one of them to go back to camp. I see. I kind of need them because sure. I'm a ranger. Okay. So, like, one of them is a cleric, so that's, it's some defense. Yeah. And then Lazelle is, like, a, a fighter. So mm. I, I need a fighter. Because sure. then, like, the other your other two guys are a rogue and a wizard. And I'm like, I can't just have, like, I can't just have one tank. I need, like, two kind of beefy boys. Yeah. So I kind of have to keep them both in my party. And I'm just like, can you stop fucking bickering? <laughs> uh, I had my first proper combat and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. This is where I see this game being fun. Hell yeah. I'm just trying to avoid um, my unusual trappings with RPGs where I um, I spend too long in the first area and then I get burnt out and don't finish the game. Sure. You know? Yeah. I have gotten to a point where I'm like stuck. The only non-combat like way out of the situation that I'm currently in, as far as I can tell... Does not work for me because I'm a half elf. Oh, what the um, fuck! Somebody gives you like a potion for you to drink, oh. and the potion doesn't work because you're a half elf, so they immediately attack you. Oh shit! Yeah, so I've I spent last night basically just like reloading, trying to like button my head against it, trying to figure out how to get through, and um, I just haven't been able to. I quit last night because the game got stuck in a loop where. I finish a conversation and then I like quit. I finish the conversation and I immediately start back into the conversation. 
Oh, weird. Yeah, so I can't... I'd be like, I'd finish it, and then I would be like, Ugh, and I'd be like a trader. So the trader would start like the whole trading thing again. Sure. So I quit it, and I think just reloading it will hopefully fix it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's a fun game. It is another weird complaint I have. Mm-hmm. It's almost too open world. I have such like, I don't know what what I should be doing. You yeah, know? I kind of do as well. Yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, so I'm just, I'm just following the main quest because I'm like... Sure. It's like Fallout syndrome. You know in Fallout when you'd be like, oh, I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I got I got stuck at the section I'm at. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go... Like, I, I clearly need to be higher level to, yeah. be able to actually do this. So I'm going to go and like do some other quests and grind. And all the other quests, I also need to be a higher level to do. Yeah, but so. you get through the Glade stuff too quickly then. Or... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I fully just went in, talked to the druids and then left. Uh... Like, I didn't even pick up Will until I went back and like... Oh, is Will Talk the guy that's stuck in the realm? In the... When's Will? Will is the warlock. I haven't gotten him yet. You haven't gotten him yet? Damn. I've gotten Gale. You've gotten Gale? <laughs> I, apparently I just need to go and collect more people. <laughs> I've gotten Gale, the, the guy who gets stuck in the portal. <laughs> News to me. <laughs> go walk around the area where you first crashed. There's like a sure. wizard you can get. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I do think having one or two more party members would help me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's your party comps wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've got. Um, You've got the the the, the I've, rogue. I've, I've got that's the, definitely yeah. your main romanceable option. I hate him. Yeah. Why? Because he's you. Because he sounds like Stewie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, this will uh, all be in the spoiler section when oh, we yeah. talk about uh, Baldur's Gate. Oh yeah, no, it is I'm, fun. Yeah. Like I am, I feel like it's one of those games where there's so much you can do in it mm. that I feel like you're not going to get a proper read of it unless you until you play like ten hours. Yeah, and I've only played like two hours so far because yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, no, I'm on the I'm on the Shadowheart romance path. Oh really? Yeah. I've just wound up on it because I was being nice and she yeah. likes that apparently. <laughs> I I don't I think Shadowheart and I get on fine, but it's just the fact that I'm keeping the orc lady in my party. So anytime sure. I do anything that makes her happy it makes Shadowheart unhappy. Okay. But yeah. Gail likes me because he's like, yeah, because I'm the I, it's me, so I'm like, I, I'm a bounty hunter investigator, so I just always choose to like, hey, hey, hey let's just calm down here. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm playing like a vengeance paladin, so I'm fully like, alright, I'm gonna kill these fucking monsters. Yeah. God, we've been talking, we don't want to talk about fighting forester. It's so funny. Um, uh, other yeah. thing, what's your mysterious thing, or do you want to see, uh, keep uh, that? I watched Jackass 2 today after I watched Fighting Forest. Are you doing okay, buddy? I'm doing great. I love the Jackass movies. That tracks. Um, the most dudes rock media of all time. Uh, it opens with one of the guys getting bit on the dick by a snake. <laughs> you know what, Damon has a fear of snakes. Hell yeah. And so does Bam Margera from Jackass. <laughs> After or before he gets bitten, the deal. It wasn't him. Uh, uh, they did lock him in a cage with a cobra. Uh, that's mean. Yeah. Like if someone has it, I know that's the whole thing with Jackass. Yeah. So it's like the last Jackass movie is like very good. I've heard it's really. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but I really want to. Uh, it's like a good like. We got old, and yeah. that's sad, but it's also okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking miracle they did. Yeah. Don't get Jackass. So good. I, I've actually I've never watched I've never sat down and like intentionally watched the Jackass. Sure. I imagine like boys like Jackass the same way girls like location, 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 <laughs> yeah, signs. Sure. You know? 
You know? Yeah. Have you ever heard the... Uh, this is my media pick for the week then. Uh-huh. Uh, the David O'Doherty Grand Designs theme song. Yes, uh, yeah. That's inserted here. Uh, I went to one of his comedy sets and, I, and he was like, who wants a song request? And I was like, Grand Designs, Grand Designs. And he was like, okay, the woman's <laughs> chanting. Hell yeah. Um, um, he did the presentation of the <laughs> Society Awards the year I, that I won. Yeah, yeah. I remember that because I guest watched it because yeah. I was like why not and he was having a menti bee on. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of his shtick but yeah. I was like oh my he, god like, he seemed like he was actually not doing well <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about like throwing up yeah. like, I've gone to a few of his like secret sets where he's like planning new material yeah um He's, He's a very funny man. Yeah. Um, watch, listen to David O'Doherty. It's David O'Doherty time. And at the end of every single... <laughs> I'm just talking about David O'Doherty now. Yeah. I love that every at the end of every single show, he just destroys his keyboard. Yeah. He yeah. just fucks his keyboard across the room. It's, <laughs> it's so good. He's oh. a good Irish comedian. Unlike yeah. us, we're very professional podcast uh-huh. people. So this movie is... That's why it's taken us 45 minutes yeah. to get talking to to 2000 film Finding Forrester starring... <laughs> Sean Connery. Yeah. Starring Sean Connery. You have to say it properly. Uh, Sean Connery. Thank you. Uh, fucking Rob Brown. Who was an unknown actor at the time. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham. I'm so sad to figure out F. Murray Abraham was a bastard. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pitt uh, as like his buddy Coleridge. Uh, Glenn Fitzgerald as... I don't recognize this guy from, from the movie. Uh, Buster Rhymes is in it. Buster Rhymes is actually good. Buster, I really likes Buster Rhymes' character. Uh, I'm surprised you've not mentioned uh, your favorite Charles, girl, Charles Bernstein. Apparently, not uh, that Bernstein. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, he's a poet, um, but he's not that Bernstein. Which Bernstein? The, you know Bernstein. The guy who had like all the presidents men. Sean. What? You don't know who Carl Bernstein is? No. He's one of the guys who uncovered Nixon doing what he uncovered Watergate. Oh, nice. Well yeah. done, Bernstein. He no, playing... it's not that guy, I don't think. Um, and uh, Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. Who's Anna Paquin, Sean? She's rogue <laughs> from X-Men. <laughs> it all comes back to X-Men. Hell yeah, it does. So this movie. Yeah. We've been talking it's about. Not, it's not bad. It's fine. It's, it's fine. perfectly fine. Yeah. It's better. It's way better than Bagger Vance. Yeah. I think it's better than Rising Sun as well. Um, but we'll keep that for later on. That's that's don't uh, spoil the rankings. Yeah. It's a movie that you watch it and you're like, it's not offensive. Mm. The acting's for the most part pretty good. Like, I think Sean Connery is quite good in it. Sean Connery's very good in it. Rob Brown is good in it as well. Yeah, for his first role. Yeah. It's quite a boring story because it's just it's a mentor story. Yeah, um, it's just it's basically about Rob Brown plays this kid Jamal uh, from the Bronx who is a writer. He's, he's a writer. Yeah, he's quite good at writing, and he. But he's also very good at basketball. Yeah, and he gets taken under the wing of um, William Forrester, who's this like reclusive author who wrote one book who won like a Pulitzer and then disappeared forever yeah um, but they through circumstance they, they meet and he teaches Jamal to write and he gets a scholarship yeah and Jamal has like issues with his teacher yeah he he's basically the vibe you get from Jamal is he's one of these those kids which Sean's a teacher you probably see this where mm-hmm. 
they they don't want to be extraordinary, so they kind of hide their true talent. Yeah. So which th- is called out specifically at the beginning yeah. because um, his mother is brought in by the school to like talk about his grades or whatever, and the teachers like in class he's like a C student, so he's not low. He's not doing badly enough to like be noticed for failing but he's not doing well enough to be noticed for doing well mm-hmm. but his actual test scores are amazing yeah because obviously the test scores are anonymous yeah so like if it's something that he he basically is like oh he, he's very good at basketball as well so you can just tell he's one of those mm. people that if he puts his mind to it he probably excels at everything yeah but he's just like oh they, i think even the one of the teachers says that like they respect this here so that's what he puts his energy into yeah and you're like oh I like Jamal. He's a very well-written character. I do as well. Character. I like Jamal a lot. But yeah, the film is just kind of about Jamal kind of coming to terms with being like a 16-year-old, really, and yeah. like trying to be able to stand out. And Sean Connery is there to like guide him, but also, you know, Sean Connery is, has a trauma. Yeah. Or... <laughs> he doesn't like going outside. Is yeah. it agoraphobia? That, I think that so. That is, yeah. yeah. You don't really know much too much about um, Forrester. Yeah, he's we just, find out a little bit later on. Yeah, not too much. But it's it's just like it's a it's a hard movie to talk about in this podcast because yeah. normally what we do is we summarize the plot of the movie in quite a lot of detail. Yeah, I don't know if we're, we, we can, can do with this. That. Like it, you, we could go for the different. There's like plot beats and there's scenes that are really well, but it's just a very yeah. It's quite a generic film. Buster Rhymes is a great. Buster character. Rhymes is but, great. Well, let's Buster take a Rhymes, moment to talk about Buster. Yeah, Buster Rhymes plays Terrell, um, Jamal's brother. Yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, the part where he's like, I'm, "I don't just work at the parking lot. I'm a supervisor." It was so funny. Oh, yeah, but it's just like it's it does what Gus Van Sant because like people hate this movie. Oh really? They think it's a bad Gus Van Sant movie. So sure. if you, it's the first time we've actually had a returning director. Yeah, because he did um, fucking. Which one did he do again? Was it Goodwill? <laughs> yeah, he did Goodwill. He did Goodwill, um, my own private eye hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not anywhere near as good as Goodwill, I don't think. Yeah, um, no, no, it's a not. A similar kind of theme, though. Yeah, it's a, a Very lot, similar theme. I think he does a lot of movies which are like this theme of like masculinity and like men trying to kind of find their place in the world for yeah. different lenses like my own private Iho is kind of the same vibe yeah it's probably I've of those three movies I think it's the weakest sure. of the three I haven't seen my own private Idaho so I can't I can't really speak to that my own private Idaho doesn't really have a plot sure it's just kind of it's like a road trip movie nice. there's a lot of screaming in a cemetery at one yeah. stage yeah. this one doesn't really have too much of a plot either no it's um, like um me, let me have a look at, through my notes because I didn't take many for this but the, the fucking strangest thing about this movie and I think it's going to be one of those recordings where we don't talk about the plot we're just going to talk about scenes and stuff we yeah. have to talk about you're, you're the, uh, Sean Connery screaming about you're the man now dog you're the man, man now, now dog. dog fuck yeah I did not it's know so that good. came from this movie yeah that's did really, you? no oh. I had never heard that before uh, there is one dude in it who has fucking Cyclops sunglasses to, to further the X-Men links. It's just uh, the X-Men. It's just X-Men. So like, Jamal is like, you find out his father is like an addict that like left yeah. the home. His dad, his brother's moved out. So it's just him and his mom. He gets this kind of opportunity to basically, 
I really, I actually really like the relation how the relationship develops between him and Forrester. Yeah, because it fun. starts off because it starts off. <laughs> yeah, it starts off fucking insane because Forrester is this like hermit who lives in an apartment. He's, he's near... like an urban legend of the community. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like nobody ever sees him leaving his apartment, but they sometimes see him like looking out the window a little bit. Yeah, and there's this binoculars and stuff. So they're yeah. like, what the fuck is he up to? Yeah. And one day, Jamal is out playing basketball with his buds and they're like, I dare you to go into this guy's house. Yeah. And he does. And he steals a knife. <laughs> yeah. And he, But he drops his backpack with yeah. like all of the shit that he's writing in it. Um, and a couple of days later, uh, Forrester like drops the backpack outside with all of the writing edited. I thought um, that was great. That was really fun. And then yeah. he goes to kind of like thank him. And Forrester goes like, fuck off <laughs> write a 5,000 word essay on why you shouldn't be in my fucking apartment <laughs> and he writes and he does it and he does and it and I, I think that's that's like the, the bit of the movie that I'm like okay this is well done which is like how that's the thing with like the, the, the mentor he needs to learn the lesson the I always find the like plot way of they kind of reconnect or they connect always very contrived it being that he's like alright boy I respect the game you yeah. actually wrote a 5,000 word essay yeah I think I'm like that's good you know yeah um uh, and yeah and then basically Forrester just starts kind of mentoring mentoring him yeah, yeah. teaching him how to write better uh, but... how, how do you think of uh, Jamal's boys I love Jamal's boys they were great I love yeah. them they're such well written teenage yeah. boys I thought the part where the one guy was talking about how he was banging all the other guys moms was funny <laughs> of course he did um, but yeah and then at the same time is this relationship with Forrester's happening so like Forrester has is obviously very traumatized about something you kind of learn about it as the movie goes on because like he doesn't leave his apartment ever yeah he basically gave up on writing after his first book yeah or he didn't give up on writing he gave up on writing professionally he gave up on publishing yeah publishing yeah um like you can still tell that he loves writing because he's very like he's very like instantly like it's not a oh jamal goes to him begging for him to start writing they kind of start the writing relationship before he knows who he is yeah um because you find out about him, Jamal kind of instantly moves to the new school, and yeah, he gets a, after his tests, tests. He gets a scholarship to like a fancy private school where they're like, "We'll give you a full ride, uh, so long as you also play basketball for yeah. us." Yeah, I th- one thing I did think that was kind of weird is the weird competitive streak between him and the other like only so, person of color in the basketball yeah, team. My 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 housemates saw a little bit of this while I was watching it. Um, uh, what's the guy's name again? Uh, John Hartwell is the other dude. Yeah. Uh, she described him as yassified. Because <laughs> like, he's, he's mixed. He, I thought he was mixed, maybe. like. I don't, I, know. I don't fucking know. But he's like, everyone else is the most pasty white boys yeah. ever. And it's like the only two people that have like any ounce of like tan. Yeah. Um, Are like fighting yeah. on this team. And you're like, oh, that's kind of. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But also in the school, he meets Anna Paquin, who plays... What's her name again? Is it like Claire? Claire. Yeah. Anna uh, Paquin is all over him. Oh, yeah. All Anna Paquin over. is into him. Yeah. Uh, don't do not do it, Jamal. She's going to drain your life energy out of you. Not a rogue reference. Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> also a Vampire Diaries reference, which I guess she was also in. Was she? I think she was... Was it the Vampire Diaries or was it... True Blood? True Blood. It was I True Blood. I started watching True Blood. You know who's in True Blood? Who? Alexander Skarsgård. You know the biggest smile on my face right now? Yeah. 
of Alex Skarsgård. <laughs> he was, it was him, was it him that was in Barbarian or was it Bill? That's Bill. That's Bill, yeah. He was in... He was in Succession, yeah. yeah. And Big Little Lies. I haven't seen that. It's good. Nice. Uh, and yeah, uh, Jamal meets a teacher in, in the school. Fucking F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. What was his name again? Crawford. Crawford, yeah. Who's just a bastard. He's just an asshole. I think it's so funny because I... I really like F. Murray Abraham as an actor. Yeah. Now, as Sean informed me last week, he does seem like he's a bit of a creep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he has come out and apologised, which, you know, still don't be a creep, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Um, he's been fired from a recent show. Mm-hmm. He will. He's always just going to be Salazari in my head. You know sure. Amadeus? Yeah. He's the, the guy who, like... I haven't seen Amadeus, so... He's... He basically is playing. He's the guy. He's the other guy. Yeah. He's the other guy who feels inferior and sabotages Amadeus. Yeah. And I'm like, stop, stop, Salazarian, because <laughs> he just does not like the cut of Jamal's jib. Yeah. Like he's no, he just doesn't. a bastard for no reason. Yeah. Because Jamal is able to like show him up and embarrass him in front of the class. Yeah, he's a talented sportsman as well as a good writer, and yeah. this and it's like a definite class aspect where this teacher is just like he can't be a sportsman and. From a like a working yeah. class background, I, there, and I like, got the vibe that there was a race aspect of it as well because he's the only not white person in that class. Yeah, yeah. So I really non. No, there's a few. Do you feel see a few non-white people in the school? Sure. But like, it's not. I don't remember seeing any of them in that class. Not in that class, but yeah. like in the background actors, there is, yeah. is some. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Jamal starts like rewriting Forrester's works as like a writing exercise to like get him get him into the rhythm of writing on his own Mm -hmm. Uh, and at one point he just kind of submits one of them as a fucking assignment for Crawford the the impression you get because they do kind of they do show them writing this a lot is it's like it starts off with him say taking the first like three or four lines of this piece and then he rewrites it himself and yeah. even Forrester comments on it being like this is your piece now yeah the title's and the they... same and the opening line's the same but it's still your piece yeah because they they call it out later on that it's specifically the title and the opening paragraph that are yeah yeah and as Forrester's like don't don't anything we write together don't take don't, out of this room yeah because... anything right is stays in here because yeah. he doesn't want people to know that he's like still around yeah <laughs> Um, and then he gets in trouble but like it's already like there's times it's coming like you see it before with Crawford being mm. like Crawford is like this... in, he just sees him play a basketball game and sees people being into him in the room and he just immediately hates yeah. it it's he's, insane he's like um, you've gotten a lot better at writing really quickly you must be like plagiarizing or something. And like, there's a scene where he's talking to another teacher. I will say the other teachers in the school seem good. they they all seem chill. Yeah, because yeah. they they stick up for him later on. Yeah, as well. yeah. Which I was like, I'm actually I'm happy that the school because I was really worried it was going to be this weird thing where the school was like, where you're only here for your sports abilities, not your test abilities. Yeah. And there's definitely an aspect of they probably stick out for him a little bit more because he's so good at basketball. Definitely. But yeah. like. Yeah, because like later on when he when we discover that one of the things that he submits like actually got published in the New Yorker so they find out that yeah. he's been doing this um, one of the other guys on the board comes up to him and is like hey we'll make this all go away Crawford's kind of a dickhead yeah. but you need to win this basketball game <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't and he doesn't yeah no. he intentionally fucks it up yeah 
But yeah, no, it's just like a... Let's talk about Sean Connery in this movie. I like Sean Connery in this a lot. I did hoot and holler because at one stage when he's, he goes on a date with Anna Paquin and he gives yeah. her a, a book. Yeah, some, <laughs> he gives her a book, yeah. There's some, no, it's before then, which is when he realises Croft... No, when he realises that the old man he's but like befriended is Forrester, they showed them like an old copy of the book. Mm. of this book. It's like Avalon's Landing or something. Yeah. Um, and it's like about a play it's very obviously about World War 2 because I'm yeah. going to show you like a Spitfire on the cover I wonder but it, why uh, trauma baby yeah it's because um, Barser's brother died in World War 2 he didn't die in World War 2 did he not? no what? he Can't came die. home from World War 2 and developed alcoholism and oh, died shit. from that damn because I think because remember he goes in the speech when they're in Yankee Stadium being like yeah. oh he survived the war and then like I let him drive home drunk oh yeah. the impression yeah, I got yeah, was yeah. he that like because yeah. that's his trauma is basically yeah. like he wrote this book and all his family were like, it's a really, really good book. And then all his family died within a space of six months. Yeah. So he just was like, oh, fuck this. Like, there's nothing, you know. Mm. Her name's Claire. Claire shows Jamal a picture of like the author at the back of the book. And yeah. it's fully just Sean Connery's like headshot photo from, from like... From like Bond. Bond. Yeah, and it's really good. Giggled. We see it later on as well because they have like a big wall of like famous alumni in the school. Yeah. Uh, and he points out, it's like, that's me. And it's just James Bond. But I, I love that when they do old actors and they use their old photos. Me too. Of yeah. them. And like, there's all these photos of like Forrester growing up and you're like, some of these are just Sean Connery. Yeah, some of them aren't and it's weirdly jarring. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sean Connery in this, I think he's very good. I've never, yeah. I haven't seen many Sean Connery movies. Sure, but I think this is one of his last. Like oh really? He, he only died very recently in twenty twenty. But he, yeah, he basically did the way I've heard. Oh, it, I forgot he died. Yeah, he did yeah. this movie called *Leave an Extraordinary Gentleman*. And supposedly, oh god, yeah. Have you seen that? No. Oh. This is his second last movie. Oh, his last role was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah, supposedly Jesus he... Jesus Christ. Because supposedly he just was like... He got so... Unable to figure out what was good. That's what, like, what... Okay. He said this on record. He was like, I just don't know what's going to make money anymore. That he just got so kind of like, fuck this. Yeah. Because, like, this movie did pretty well, but it's quite an unassuming role. Mm. Then he does League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. And then um, that did so badly, he was just like, I don't know anymore. Yeah, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen based on an Alan Moore comic, which I hate. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's, it's Diesel's slash steampunk, according to me opening sure. this Wikipedia Yeah, uh, the, the comic is Alan Moore, like, it's Alan Moore's worst tendencies just kind of let loose. Like, there's so much sexual assault in it. Oh, wow, really? There's so much, yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Oopsies. Yeah. Yeah, because he retired... Like, he was 90 when he died, Sean Connery. So, like, it's yeah. not like... Like, he retired when he was in his 70s. So, I think that's pretty... Yeah, because he's, like, quite old in this. Yeah. So, this is... So, yeah, he died in age 90. This is... And he died in 2020. So, he's 70 in this movie. Yeah. Like, him not acting for the last 20 years of his life, I think, is reasonable. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's avoiding Judy he's Dench not, syndrome. Yeah, he's not like Michael Caine, who has only, has only said that he's, like, kind of retired recently. Uh, he's fucking 90 Michael Caine not being an Oppenheimer did make me a little sad oh yeah I was like where's Michael <laughs> who would you have cast Michael as in Oppenheimer just an English man who appears in the background to be like that looks like a big bomb don't it I, I would have had him as um, you know the professor in Oxford who Oppenheimer tries to poison see I think <laughs> because they're all based on real people yeah you kind of need to have 
you need to actually a genuinely 90 year old English man that he can play sure yeah like you just know the film or not the, the film like the they should have had him in as Alfred from Batman and had him come in. I know post-credit everybody hates scene. that scene. I think that scene's really effective. Which one? The one at the end where he's like, "Okay, Bruce is dead. I failed. Oh, I'm having yeah. my little coffee," and then yeah. he sees him and he's like, "My boy's still alive." I think yeah. it's very sweet. I think it's all right. I think it's cute. Um, I st- I like that movie. People fucking hate the Dark Knight. I think Rise. it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's not the. It's one of his weaker films. Yeah. I would agree. Temporal pincer movement. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of pincer movements, let's come back around to finding Forrester. Do we have to? Yeah, Sean Connery's good in this, I yeah. think. You can t- he's definitely playing the like old statesman film actor doing kind of one last mentory role and yeah. handing over the torch. He does say the line, you the man now, dog, which is fantastic. <laughs> it, that was a big meme in the early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I that's why when it's, it happened, I was like, I've heard this before. Yeah. Like, it was one of those, like, when I see it, like, it was a crunchy-ass meme from, like, 2018. Like, 2008, yeah. even. Um, yeah. Um, so, like, these, these two, you know, grow closer and closer. Jamal starts finding out a little bit more about his life. Um, and it kind of culminates in Jamal finally convincing him to go to see a baseball game with him. For his birthday. For his birthday, yeah. Because he loved watching baseball with his brother. He hasn't been outside the apartment in years. So Jamal mm-hmm. goes and buys him tickets. And Jamal immediately wanders away from him. And he gets lost in the crowd <laughs> and starts freaking out. It's um, so, like... Jamal's it's, it's, a very well-written 16-year-old. Yeah. Because he's a, just a bit of a dipshit. Yeah. It's so obviously, like the worst thing he could possibly do in this situation like, yeah he, they're in this huge crowd of people but then jamal makes it up for him and jamal and terrell make it up from terrell my guy buster rhymes uh make it up for him by getting him like onto an empty yankee stadium mm-hmm. uh just like down onto the field and he has a big monologue about his past yeah that's when you find out that his brother basically because it's a thing you don't know much about the book he wrote but it's obviously like a World War 2-esque kind of novel yeah um, and everyone's kind of thinks that the novel is about Forrester yeah and actually there's a little like earlier scene where Jamal kind of goes like oh no I think you're writing it about someone and that's when he's like ah oh, yeah someone knows media criticism mm. um, but I think that's when he kind of goes like yeah my brother fought in the war and he does this very good speech like you watch yeah, it and you're like, good. And you're like yeah. oh Sean Connery might actually be a very good actor he is a very good actor yeah. he's great oh my god and then Jamal god bless the actor playing uh, Jamal like it's his first Rob Brown Rob Brown because yeah. you're just like they come back to him a few times and you're like oh buddy oh, you're he just doesn't, he doesn't know how to handle this yeah. you're standing in front of Sean Connery yeah and you did the audition <laughs> Sean Connery in his fucking second last role yeah like, probably his last truly heartfelt. good performance yeah giving uh, a heartfelt monologue and he's just like yo we're yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to Buster and they're like yeah oh yeah. Uh, um yeah he has the big basketball game where the guy's like look the board of the school are like chill with you it's just this Crawford guy who's a dickhead if you win this game we're gonna make this all go away yeah uh, we're gonna make it all go away and we're going to amend your like timetable from here on out so that you have more time to focus on the basketball yeah which is like it's this very insidious like it's it's interesting the school's attitude towards his academic ability because mm. obviously his initial invitation to the school is based on his academic ability yeah and, and once they realize how good at basketball he is as well they're like 
Yeah. That, like, that is also, like, we're very impressed with that as well. Like, that's yeah. a big plus also in his colleague. Like, the basketball isn't even brought up until he's already accepted it. Um, and it, the guy it, is, the guy it, it is, like... It gets brought up within the first meeting. It gets brought up, like, at the end of the first meeting. Yeah. Uh, and the guy is like, uh, like, look, we are offering this to you anyway, but if you also want to play basketball, we would... Not, you know we'd be pretty happy with that and then they realise how good at basketball he is and they're yeah. like oh yeah um, yeah uh, it's just like Crawford's such a fucking he's a good villain in this yeah because he literally like he calls him out saying oh I see your test scores in your old school were pretty shit let's see if you do better and then he mm. improves and he's like I'm immediately suspicious of this child yeah. in a situation that he's not in like New York public schools and he's in a prestigious college suddenly starts doing better academically he must be cheating yeah it is just um, the like there's like an essay competition yeah. as well that he that Jamal was entering mm-hmm. and this is kind of where the end of the, the movie this, you, you know this is going to be the the but as soon as the essay competition gets introduced you're like yeah Jamal's going to submit the thing him and Forrester are writing and that's yeah. what happens Forrester but does no, have one good line where he... no he doesn't submit it he does does he yeah that's where he gets cut out for plagiarism he submits oh, that oh yeah sorry yeah that was um, it yeah 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 it does have one thing where Far- he's like I want to submit something and he's like giving out about Crawford or whatever yeah and Forrester's like I only went to one writing competition and he's like oh did you win and he was like yeah I did and he's like what was it and he was like the Pulitzer yeah <laughs> I was like <laughs> Yeah. When again, um, Forrester. Uh, when when Forrester finds out that he submitted his work, he's like pissed off at Jamal. Yeah. Because he never wanted any of this to like leave the the apartment. Yeah. Um. But then he watches him at the basketball game, like on TV in Madison Square Garden. Um. And he's like, oh, I gotta help this kid. I have to help this kid. Yeah. You also find out that Forrester and uh, Crawford have beef. Yeah. Which is the funniest. <laughs> Which beef. is really funny. Yeah. Um. But Jamal intentionally fucks up the, the basketball game. Like, we see him making, like, 50 free throws in a row yeah. earlier on. And he has, like, a single free throw to make to win the game. And he misses it intentionally. Yeah. And then Forrester's like, okay. I gotta gotta come through. I gotta get on my bike. Gotta get on my bike. Gotta leave the apartment of my own free will. Gotta go, go help him out. There's one, uh, just one Forrester thing before we get to the end of the movie. Because yeah. like, it sounds like we're going through this movie at a clip. There's a lot of scenes where it's just like Jamal and Forrester spending time together. Yeah. And it's not, it's just like character development stuff. There's one bit where he's talking about uh, Anna Packman's character. Uh, and he's like, what women love is they love an unexpected gift at an unexpected yeah. time. Because <laughs> of the next scene, him giving her a, a book signed by Forrester. Yeah. Because you get the impression and, that she loves this book. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, this is signed. I can't accept this. This must have cost you so much money. And, and it's he, just like, uh, I guess the bookshop must have just missed that. <laughs> and it's like a first edition or something. And you yeah. know it was just like Forrester. Just Forrester had a copy of this. Forrester just like took it from... There's all... There's... Michael, not Michael. I was about to say Michael Caine. Um, uh, Sean Connery Sean does. Connery. Sean Connery does do a lot of very funny, um, like background comedic acting in it. Yeah, he where does. There's all yeah. these bits where like Jamal, like will just is a 16 year old boy, so it's just kind of messy, and he's just like cleaning up behind him. Yeah, which I always think is hysterical. Yeah, it was really good. Um, um, but yeah, he gets on his he gets on his little room. He, room. he, he, he leaves the house. He does it. He goes outside on his own. He cycles. They, they play a song that's on a glockenspiel that sounds really like a song from um, True Romance. So I got very oh, confused. Oh, really? There's a, like, um, 
there's like an instrumental cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow earlier in the movie and I didn't recognize it until the very end <laughs> and I had to rewind and be like, is, am I right here? Is this actually Somewhere Over is the Rainbow? Is that when he's cycling or is it earlier on? It's where he's going through all the photos. Ah, uh, okay. No, there's a, there's a song when he's on the first gets on the bike that is like, there's a very famous piece of music from True Romance which is on like a glockenspiel but it's like, word for word perfect i know it's a song yeah but note for note note for note perfect i was so confused oh yeah so i was like i know this from something it wasn't until i was looking at the letterbox review someone was like why do they steal a song from true romance <laughs> and i was like oh Damn. um but yeah then they're doing this thing at the like letter or essay competition uh where everyone has to read out their their essay yeah. and everyone's giving jamal such a fucking stink eye yeah and i was like are they giving him the stink eye because he's been accused of cheating or, they or gave because him he lost the basketball game. You don't know. Yeah. Like, it's probably both. It's probably a little bit of both. There's probably the rumors going around that he's going to the board meeting. That's probably why. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I will say something I liked about it is he doesn't get any unnecessary harassment in the school. Yeah. Was like that like be... all of the other students are chill with him except for the basketball guy. But even the basketball guy, it's definitely... like they kind of It's ch- more competitive. Like yeah. they, The only issues they have are actually on the basketball court. There's no like... He basically doesn't show up apart from scenes where they're playing basketball and at the very end where he looks like angry yeah but he's just purely it's like I think they even like Claire says it she's like oh that's his whole thing leave him like he's just being a dick because he was the best player and now you're the best player yeah and you're like okay fair enough kind of shit that's the only person of color in the whole team but ah um but yeah they go to this like like essay competition thing Mm. And Jamal's just sitting there, like, sad as AF. Him yeah. and Crawford do have a big confrontation earlier on in the movie, and that kind of leads yes, to... Yes, they do, because Crawford... There's another guy in class, Coleridge, mm-hmm. who Jamal kind of makes friends with. Yeah. Um, who's I, only in, like, two scenes. Yeah. He's only in the scene where they meet, and then this one. Yeah. Uh, but... He's, you see him a lot in the film, but he doesn't, like... He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Crawford writes a quote up on the board... And gets Coleridge to stand up and read it out. And is like, who wrote this? Yeah. Whose is this? And Coleridge doesn't fucking know. And Jamal's like, it's... He's asking you because it's Coleridge, the, the writer. <laughs> and then he just starts... Basically kind of set it up earlier in the movie that like... And if um, Crawford picks on you and you pick like... And you fight back, it will make things much worse. worse. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And it makes things much worse for Jamal. Yeah, because... Uh, Crawford starts a list here like doing loads of quotes and Jamal gets them all instantly yeah and Crawford's just like okay get the fuck out of my class um and then then Forrester shows up to the essay competition and he's like hey can I read something and everyone's like what the <laughs> fuck what, what the this fuck? guy's alive what yeah. uh and he he reads a, a little he, he makes a nice little speech yeah that Sean Connery delivers very well Sean Connery Sean Connery um do you want something I love we haven't mentioned at all? I love the use of the library in this movie. Yeah, the library is There's cool. all these bits where Jamal gets snarky with Forrester and he's like, yeah. check out my books in circulation, bitch. And yeah. he goes and they're all checked out. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he like writes him a letter from like the New York Public Library. And actually yeah. it's Busta that like gets Busta him. Busta delivers it. Yeah. And he's like, isn't it just so... Like he kind of says this speech. Busta's a little shaky given the speech. I'll, I'll, yeah. It, he's not great, but... um. He, He's doing his best. He's doing his. He's doing a monologue, and you're like, ever so far, he's just been kind of. And you're like, this man isn't an actor. No, he's not. He is a rapper. <laughs> yeah. He is he in Wu Tang. 
No. What's Busta Rhymes in? If it's Wu-Tang, I'm going to giggle because it's us. Uh, Busta. My mom Wu-Tang. just texted me saying she watched School Ties on her plane and oh, she has shit. thoughts and I'm like, damn. Time to talk about damn Brendan Fraser. You can't know. find what band he was in. Surely that's easy to find. Just Google Busta Rhymes. Yeah, I did. Nothing's coming up. Ugh, Busta Rhymes. Can't spell rhymes. Um, but yeah, he does the speech and then... He was in Public Enemy, I think. What? No. Uh, was he? Okay, actually, maybe, I, maybe I'm being harsh on Sean. Maybe this is difficult yeah. to find out. Uh, he was in A Tribe Called Quest. Ah, okay. That was it. Sure. Yeah, Forrester gives this... this heartwarming speech mm-hmm. uh, and Crawford is like yo that was fucking rad uh, do you want to come teach here and Forrester's <laughs> like fuck you Jamal wrote that he's my best bud I gave him permission to use all my shit get fucked and the board <laughs> and is the like the board are immediately like um, the board are immediately just like hey Crawford step back bud <laughs> <laughs> they're immediately like we have an excuse not to side with Crawford let's go motherfuckers every two seconds why what's wrong with you do you need to use the bathroom and we're back and we're back Sean and I are currently fighting <laughs> <laughs> you said you were free all evening so I said I'll be around there about two o'clock half two if that's okay you didn't yeah. tell me you had someone coming over at four o'clock yeah, I arranged that because you said you would be here at one to two o'clock and you wound up getting here at like quarter to three. Yeah, because I had to develop some film from our trip together. It's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're pretty much at the end of the movie now anyway. But there's someone important we've not been discussed. Not been discussed? I'm discussed. The board say, Jamal, you're good. We're, we're all fine. Then the board go up to Farzer like, hey... Do you want to maybe teach here? And Farzer's like, like, no. No, I'm going to Scotland. Yeah, he just fucks off back to Scotland. Because that's the thing. He moved over from Scotland when he was like 15 to the Bronx. And then there's a time skip. A year-long time skip. A year-long time skip. We catch up with Jamal. He's in college. He's doing great. Yeah. He's talking to that friend that he saved from Crawford. Coleridge. Coleridge. He's talking to Coleridge. And I I was like, hmm. Matt Damon hasn't appeared in this movie. Yeah, I was like, did I did I miss? Did him? I miss Matt Damon? That Matt Damon appears in this movie. Yeah, playing a goddamn lawyer. Like literally in the last five minutes of the film, Matt Damon shows up playing Forrester's lawyer. Another fucking lawyer, Matt. How do you keep getting away with this? Matt Damon either has to be rescued, has to be gay, or has to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Someday there's going to be a movie where he's all three, and it's going to be too powerful. Is that behind the candelabra? He's not a lawyer in that, is he? I don't know what he's in that. I think he's just a boy toy in that. We'll find Ooh, out. In like yeah. a year's time. But yeah, yeah Matt, Matt appears. He's fine in this. He it's, looks... Yeah. He's just <laughs> playing a lawyer. Yeah. I he, don't know why it's Matt Damon. He does a perfectly serviceable job. I know why it's Matt Damon. Because him and Gus Van Sant are friends. I know why it's Matt Damon. We'll talk about it in a little bit once we finish talking about the movie. Okay. Um, but then you find out Forrester's dead. Um, yeah, Forrester has died. He had cancer the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um... And Which he, probably explains why the movie is the way it is. Yeah, know? probably does. But he has left everything to Jamal. Yeah. The apartment. The apartment, yeah. Uh, royalties from the book. And a, bo- and a book to and publish. A book, yeah, and a book to publish, to write the foreword for. And then the movie ends. I can't believe they already pro- like they forecasted. That's not prophesized, maybe? Foretold. Foretold. Um, Ghost and a Watchman, the whole heart, that whole shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I've realized I 
interesting that she didn't want that. You know, she didn't want that oh, yeah. book published. Yeah, that's and why she, it wasn't published. And then she had like dementia, and they like uh, they made, got her to sign off on it. Yeah. yeah insane yeah like it's tarnished her legacy and she didn't want it published yeah insane but yeah, this movie is it's not bad yeah it's, it's not, fine it's fine yeah I wouldn't go out of my way to like rent it but if it was on if someone was like do you want to watch Finding Forrester I would throw it on it is quite long it's 2 hours the and 15 thing. minutes yeah um, it could probably trim like 30 minutes easy yeah easy but then like it could trim 30 minutes but there's also so much of that 30 minutes which is like developing Forrester and Jamal yeah which is kind of what the movie is about so yeah. maybe you couldn't like I, I can't really think of anything that's like un like you can or can't trim you know yeah yeah like it's it's a serviceable film yeah it's alright it cost uh, 43 million dollars and I made 80 million in the box office nice okay yeah what did I I imagine it was Oscar bait Mm. Uh, it got nominated for one Oscar. I don't believe it won anything. We'll check that in a second after we do the box office. Yeah. Because uh, I I got very good at doing some of the prep, but I forgot to prep the box office numbers. Sure. Um, and I'm not conscious that we have a guest waiting for us. So I need to hurry the fuck up. Finding Forrester. Yes, they made 51 domestic. Not amazing. Came out Christmas weekend. So yeah, it's yeah. a. Oh my god, this is an insane box office. Holy shit. Uh, where did it open? Um, hey, that's not... Why are you not appearing on this? That's very weird. It's not appearing... Ooh, so the Legend of Bagger Vance is still in box office. Box office weeklies or weekend? We'll go weeklies. Do we normally do the weeklies? I don't know. You're the one who does this. I'm tired. Me too. Oh, do you know what it is? What? It opened... Um, did like the thing where it opened like the f- its first week was like a short week oh okay, where it did like sure. a limited release so yeah it opened its first week we normally do the week I'm pretty sure because that's yeah, always more interesting that sounds about right um it came out Christmas week what do you think else is in the box this is Christmas 2000 Christmas right? 2000 this is a very I've already I've guessed this before mm-hmm it's Harry, not Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter is 2001. 2001. Lord of the Rings is 2001. Mm-hmm. Is Pokemon the movie 2000 in there? I think it's a summer movie. Oh, okay. So do you want to know uh, the... Can you give me a hint? Do you want to know a hint from the number one movie? Yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, is it... Is it a Christmas movie? No. No? <laughs> no. It's not Saving Private Ryan. No. Um, We've already done that. Yeah. Uh... What genre? I've never seen this movie. Okay. It's an Oscar-winning movie. An Oscar-winning movie, so it's probably something I've heard of. Yeah. He's on, um, he gets a beard in it. Oh, Castaway. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Cast- sure. uh, Then it's What Women Want. Okay. That's number two. Then Miss Congeniality. Oh, cool. Then The Family Man. Ooh. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <gasps> Emperor's New Groove. <gasps> Dracula 2000. <gasps> oh, have you seen Dracula 2000? No. Oh. Um, oh, very, very weird thing has happened. Wow. Oh, we're, we need to have a discussion. Okay. So number eight is Vertical Limit. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Dudes, Where's My Car? Fuck yeah. Number 10 is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Nice. Then uh, number 11 is 102 Dalmatians. Sure. Number 12, Proof of Life. Number 13, Rugrats in Paris. Fuck yeah. Oh. Number 14, also opening this week. It's all the pretty horses. No fucking... 
<laughs> so all the pretty horses just better than this. <laughs> so better than this. Then it's uh, number 15 is Unbreakable. Holy number shit. 16 oh, Unbreakable is, is Finding Forrester. Jesus Christ. So we probably should have done all the pretty horses first, but we didn't We didn't. Well, know. we're doing it in release order rather than yeah. box office. So That's what I opened. And then uh, Dungeons and Dragons is number 18. I just oh, wanted to mention Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. I love Fuck Jeremy yeah. Irons. I need to watch that. I need to watch that and I need to watch the new one. Uh, Billy Elliot, Remember the Titans. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, this nice. Week. Hell yeah. Um, so that's the thing in America. Sometimes I'll do... It's like a thing they do at the um, Oscar kind of baity movies. Is they'll do sure. like... The, this this week's like the last week they can release. Okay. So, so like, they'll release them all then. They release them all then. So they're not sure. expecting them to make a lot of money. But it's just so they can get Oscar contention. Because yeah. if you release in January, you basically don't do well in the Oscars. That's why all the good movies come out. All the Oscar movies come out in like February, March here. Yeah. They come out because like they two, come out in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, very funny that yeah. all the pretty horse. Well, that spoils box office for next week. I then. guess it does. Yeah, uh, we'll do the next. We'll do, we'll do the week after. Sure. That makes it makes even less money than Finding Forrester does. That is nice. Oh, does it only come out for this week? Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> that's really, that's funny. really funny. Oh my god. Um, but before we get into all the pretty horses, <gasps> wait, I gotta check something. We, before we get into all the pretty horses, before we get into the Matt Damon fact. What? iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 are here from Apple. Oh, uh, we have no emails. That's, we have no emails. If you want to email us, you can do so at signwavepod at gmail.com. That's signwavepod at gmail.com. And we've got a bunch of social media shit that you can go find us at, at Signwave. Signwave on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I believe we're like Signwave 32 on... 36. 36. I don't know why it's 36. It just is. Sure. Um, the socials are linked in we, the episode notes. We posted a TikTok on Thursday evening. And going home from the bar and seeing it was already at like 800 views. You got 800 terrifying. views in like... The in like first... 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm good at marketing. Maybe. TikTok's horrifying. I don't yeah. know how the algorithm works. I don't want to know how the algorithm works. I just kind of think funny thoughts and I put them into videos. Speaking of funny thoughts. Rankings time. Ranking time. Very, it's your first time listening to the show. Congratulations on getting... Uh, in an hour and a half episode, we were meant to be talking about a movie. We talked about the movie for a cool 45 minutes, hey, I would say. 50% at least. It's, it's Sometimes the movies, you don't want to talk about them. Sometimes they don't exist. Sometimes I'm a fine instrument of warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Um, first time listening to the podcast something we do um, is we do rankings for each of the movies we've watched in mm-hmm. at the end of each episode yeah. um, we have no notes in front of us all we have is basically the notes app open so we can keep a list because we were originally not keeping a list and, and we just had to keep stopping and restarting because we forgot where we were because <laughs> we've done 18 movies at this stage Yeah, it's it's like it's just too much to think about the order of the films at the same time as you're like talking about the films in a constructive manner yeah that makes sense so as always number 18 the good old boys the good old boys which, which we, we still have not been able to see i'm gonna I, I have a day off on monday i'm gonna go hunt a little bit see if i can find it um number 17 uh it's number 17 rising sun titan a <laughs> <laughs> huh. number 16 uh bagger vance yeah, it's Viger Vance. Yeah. Remember I, I had a fucking conniption doing this last week? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got a lot of new ones right at the bottom. <laughs> and I was so like, ah! Yeah. Uh, number 15 is going to be Field of Dreams. 
It's Field of Dreams for me. Yeah. Number 14 This for is me. the weird thing, isn't it? We now have a few We now kind of sync up a little bit. at different yeah. points. So that's the only way I can fucking figure this out. Number 14 is going to be Geronimo. Number 14 for me... I just wrote Field of Field. Number 14 nice. for me is Rising Sun. Uh, number 13 for me is going to be uh, Finding Forrester. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Because so like, this, this little block here are all the movies I think like from these are all the three star movies yeah from Field of Dreams down pretty much yeah they're all right yeah from basically from my number eight to my number one is this 13 yeah so there's about these six movies each week they could kind of be in a different order to yeah. be honest it's just what I'm kind of feeling that week yeah so for my 13 this week I still think it's chasing Amy sure uh, yes, my 12 is School Ties. My tw- my 12 is Rounders. Sure. Uh, my 11 is Rainmaker. My 11 is... What was that noise? Uh, have I done Rising like Sun? Predator. No. <laughs> yeah, I've done Rising Sun. Uh, before, after Rounders, I think my number 11 is... Geronimo. I think it's chasing Amy at number 10 for me and I think I've got the rest of it ready to go now the top 10 I think I, I'm pretty solid on oh, my number 10 is School Ties uh, my number 9 is Titan AE my number 9 is Finding Forrester nice uh, then my number 8 our number 8 our number 8 Shout out to Mystic Pizza. Top eight, baby. Hell yeah, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Another, that old reel also did insanely well. Yeah, it's scary. I live in fear of my students finding it. It's not, you're not going to go viral. I think. Hopefully. My number seven is Dogma. Uh, My number seven is Courage Under Fire. My number six is Glory Days. My number six, I think, is Goodwill. Yeah, my. Yeah, are you my visualizing? Is, are you yeah, visualizing, I'm visualizing the, po- the top five? The, the top five. So yeah, next is goodwill. Uh, my number five is uh, courage under fire. Uh, my number five is Mr. Ripley. Uh, oh no, my thing's gotten fucked up. <gasps> oh, One no. sec, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're, well, we're not good, but my. Uh, do you say number five? My number five is Mr. Ripley. So my number four is. The Rainmaker. Uh, my number four is Rounders. My number three is Good William Hunting. My number three is Dogma. My number two is The Talented Mr. Ripley. My number two is Glory Days. And I joined number one. Saving Private Ryan. Because I'm a... Ugh, love that movie. Fine Instrument of Warfare. Fine Instrument of Warfare. <laughs> but yeah. Next week, we, we are doing... Billy uh, Bob Matt Thor- Damon. Fact. Oh, yes. <laughs> you said you're such a big fan of oh uh, another another fact um casey affleck worked on this movie so you had a whole thing you were going to talk about and you haven't talked about it oh yeah i, I think that matt damon is in this movie because casey got him the job no him and gus van sound are very very good friends okay sure then maybe matt got casey the job yeah as like technical director you said there was like some guy you wanted to talk about on mic in your message to me when i was coming over oh yes uh victor laval is in the um is in the fucking special thanks at the end. Yeah. Uh, Victor Laval is a very famous author. Yeah. But I know him better as the writer of 2020's Sabretooth miniseries. Oh, I fucking hate you. And 2021's Sabretooth and the Exiles miniseries. That's for you, Finn. Writer of the upcoming Sabretooth War with Ben Percy. 
Yeah, you're welcome, Finn. You're welcome, Finn. And you're welcome, Finn, for this... You're welcome, other Finn, for this next movie, because other Finn likes Cormac McCarthy. Um, no one's welcome for the... <laughs> Our Matt Damon fact, before we get to talking... We've done the order completely wrong this week, and it's fine. Yeah, we fucked everything up. It's yeah, great. It's fine. Grand. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Matt Damon fact out of the week, before we tell you what All the Pretty Horses is about... Uh-huh. He was once offered the chance to play Daredevil when it was in production in Miramax Max in 1990. This version would have starred Matt Damon and been written by Kevin Smith and directed <gasps> by Ro- uh, Robert Rodriguez. <gasps> However, Marvel Comics wanted too large of a budget for the filmmaker's taste. What the fuck? Yep. I thought you'd like that one. We missed out on a Kevin Smith, Robert Rodriguez, Matt Damon movie? Yeah. Holy shit. And it's all Marvel's Because this would have been just after Kevin Smith finished up his Daredevil run as well, which yeah, is really the, good. It's 1999. Yeah. yeah. So he would have written it, but it would have been a competent filmmaker making it. Oh, Rodriguez is great. Shout out to Spy Kids. Did he make Spy Kids? Yeah, he made Spy Kids. Baller. Yeah. Baller. But yeah, the next movie that also came out this week that Black Damon kind of properly stars in is All, all the, the Pretty, pretty Horses. horses Based on a book by Cormac McCarthy. Who recently passed away. Yeah. He's a, was he Irish? I think he was an Irish author. It's a very Irish name. Yeah. You never know. He could have yeah. been American. I think he was Irish. Directed by Billy Bob Thornton, who has one of the best mustaches in film. Oh, really? Have you never seen Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, no, I don't believe that. Google Billy, Billy Bob Thornton. Wanna... No, Cormac McCarthy was American. Oh, yeah, I thought so. Probably an Irish ancestry. Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. I love Billy Bob Thornton. I'll stop saying Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, wow, yeah. That's that's very good. Yeah. He plays a cowboy. Hell yeah. And I'm a cowboy. Um, all the Pretty Horses from Into the 2000s. The byline is, some passions can never be tamed. The year is 1949. A young Texan named John Gade finds himself without a home after his mother sells the ranch where he spent his entire life. Lured south of the border by the romance of cowboy life and the promise of a fresh start, Cole and his pal embark on an adventure that will test their resilience, define their mas- their maturity, and change their lives forever. Stars Matt Damon, Henry Thomas, Lucas Black, Penelope Cruz, Rubens Blade, Robert Penelope Patrick. Penelope Cruz? She's great. Penelope Cruz, that's Matt Damon's love interest. Nice. Uh, Robert Patrick, Jules Oscar Mencho, uh, Lauren Poe, Sam Shepard. Yeah. Sam Shepard's been on another thing we've seen, hasn't he? Has he? Or did he die recently? Maybe he died. Sam Shepard. Maybe he died. He's in Midnight Special. He died like five, six, six years, years ago. ago. I just recognised the name. Yeah. Oh, he was. he's in The Good Old Boys. That's uh, why I okay, recognised sure. him. But yeah, um, supposedly this movie is incomprehensible. We yeah. were originally, you were originally going to, Jesse Plemons is in this? What? Oh, he's like a young. Like baby Jesse? Like baby Jesse. Wait, Matt Damon and Jesse Plemons are in this movie? Yeah. Are they gonna, like... If they touch, does it cause, like, a singularity or something? What? what? Like, fucking matter and antimatter colliding causes a big explosion? Why do you think... Have you not... Jesse Plemons and Matt Damon, I think, look quite similar. No! Jesse Plemons is 12 in this movie. He's actually playing a young Matt Damon in this movie. There we go. You see? You see? <laughs> the fact that fucking, um, what's her name and Jesse Plemons are married. Kristen Dunst and Jesse Plemons are married. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. I love Kristen Dunst. I think she's great. Yeah, Another, she it's is. just a Sofia Coppola gal. Yeah, oh, I yeah. suppose this movie's un. Yeah. Undescribable. Apparently, if you haven't read the book, it's just nonsense. 
Uh, we originally going to have uh, Sean's friend Finn on this because he yeah, loves the book. But he has moved to Galway, so. And he also he uh, would have interrupted us because that's his favorite thing to do. <laughs> this is the podcast. Calling out Finn. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Tune in next week when we journey into this is Matt Damon's cowboy arc. Are we officially starting it? I well, mean, we ha- we kind of had it with Geronimo. And yeah, been, and we missed out on good old boys. Good also. old boys. But like. We're getting a lot of, you know, we've got all the pretty horses. We've James, got- Silent Bob strike back is... So we've got all the pretty horses, James, Silent Bob, and then Ocean's Eleven. I think we're... I don't think we're quite in the, the cowboy arc yet. All I'm saying is Spirit, Stallion, and Cimarron is, is looking... on the way. And we've got... When I say cowboy arc, he, he does like being a cowboy. He's a Texas Ranger, to quote the... Yeah. God. Oh, we're so close to born. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so happy. Um... <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, sorry. Looking at this spreadsheet, the fact that Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is going to be our twentieth film makes me <laughs> so happy. Yeah. How are you going to feel about we're we're gonna we have such a break between the Kevins then? Yeah, that's going to be our last Kevin for that's like going to be our last Kevin nine so months. Long. But like Spirit Euro Trip. Scotty um, doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. I heard Euro Scotty doesn't for a while. I heard Scotty doesn't know reference like in the wild recently. I can't remember where it I'm, was. Are you trying to get super Garfield syndrome with Matt Damon? I've I've gotten that with Sex in the City. <laughs> I've started seeing Sex in the City references fucking everywhere. It's to. terrifying. <laughs> fuck Mr. Big. Fuck Mr. Big. Carrie, don't fuck Mr. Big. She fucks him so much. She shouldn't. We'll see you next week with all the pretty horses. Update on Girls Episode Two. Uh, I'll, I'll play more Baldur's Gate yeah I will too probably uh, no good doctor next week so I'm going to have to find something to fill that gap girls I'm give it all to you baby swear no maybe if you give it to me I'll give it to you I know what you want you know I got it baby if you give it to me I'll give it to you as long as you want you know I got it baby if you give it to me Oh, I got my eye. I got my eyelashes dyed yesterday. Oh, what? <laughs> Wild. Okay, sure. Yeah. Did they look different? Not really. I can't tell. I can tell. I keep looking at my face in the <laughs> did mirror. Did you get a haircut as well? No. It looks. looks it's just like shorter did. because yeah. I washed it today. Uh, yeah, that makes I have sense. work picture day on Wednesday. Ah, uh, nice. So I've had to like structure my hair washing this week. Hell yeah. Because I'm gonna wash it Tuesday. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to leave it till next the Tuesday then, because I mean, I'm gonna have a week between washing my hair. Mm. So I've washed it early <laughs> and conditioned it to fuck. But it looks so much shorter now. Everyone keeps commenting on my hair the last like ten days, and I'm like, what's happened? Yeah. I'm nothing's I... changed about my <laughs> hair care routine. I've just started washing it more frequently. I uh, I trimmed my beard down for the. I noticed it looks party. a lot. The party. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it looks what? I said it looks a lot better. It looks okay. Good. Uh, my students have all been horrified by it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. They've just been like, oh my god, what did you do? <laughs> it's called getting a trim. Yeah. No, I got my eyebrows done last Saturday and I got my eyelashes dyed yesterday. Tinted, sure. but it's dyed. Yeah. Um, so my, my eyes are a bit like, eh, because... I had dye in my eyes yeah. for 30 minutes. <laughs> so my eyes are like, oh, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. I know, what the fuck? Uh, means you don't have to wear mascara. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, which I never do anyway, because yeah. I hate the feel of mascara. Fair. Um, you, should also, you can also get them permanently. You can get your eyelashes permed. Oh, 
Like your little curl on? Yeah. Nice. So you don't have to like curl them. I haven't done that yet. I might do that the next time I get them done. Sure. Um, that's going to be fun for you to put at the end of the podcast. Yeah. We're talking about getting my eyelashes curled. 